and read from our Northridge Scripture reading. If you're in the reading, you know we're in Jeremiah chapter 1 and 2 in reading 1. Um, so I want to take us to that passage. Jeremiah 1, just to give you a little bit of context, is the very first words that God ever speaks to the prophet Jeremiah. And it comes to him when he's a young man. And it's about Jeremiah's call. In fact, in your Bible, sometimes it writes out Jeremiah's call right above that passage. And this is what it says, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. There's some of y'all here this morning hearing my voice. You just need to hear that for a moment. That God is looking at you and speaking those words. If you had any doubts that before you were formed in the womb, God knew you. The God of this universe with his infinite knowledge chose to know you intimately. And before you were born, he chose to consecrate you. And he says to Jeremiah, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, up to this point, everything in, in Jeremiah right here that, that is spoken by God is written in poetry. It's poetic language. In fact, a lot of Jeremiah is written in poetic language. Sometimes we miss it because it's translated from Hebrew to Greek. So we miss like the rhythm and, and the rhyme of it. But then Jeremiah speaks up, and what Jeremiah speaks is actually written in prose. And prose, if you're like an English buff, that's just like regular talk, right? And so Jeremiah is actually interrupting what God is saying. In fact, it's kind of like this Brighton's playing beautifully on the keys right there. And that's like God's voice. Think of it like that, right? Beautiful. And then Jeremiah speaks up, and this is what he says. Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak. I am only a youth. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. He is interrupting the beauty of God's poetry, the, the words that God is speaking over him. Jeremiah interrupts it with his excuse. And can I tell you, our excuses sound the very same way to God. It is an interruption to the beauty of what he's truly speaking over our life. But God can't speak. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am only a youth. God's saying, Jeremiah, your youth is not an excuse. Your youth is not an excuse. And God would say the same thing to us when we present our excuses to him. Saying, God, oh, I'm too old. My, my, my time is behind me, God. Or, or God, you know what? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. Or you say, God, you know, I have too much to lose. And God would say all of those are no excuse to do the thing I put you on this planet to do. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. Who is them? The people that God is sending Jeremiah to. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. 
we're going to look at two questions today. Today's going to look a little bit different. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the word. So it's going to look different, but I want you to either write down two questions or find two questions in your notes. The first one is this, is what's your call? What is your call? What is the thing that God has put you on this planet to do? What is he calling you to do? And you know that word calling, it's kind of like this fluffy word out in the world uh, that a lot of people use. And the world has a definition of what calling means. But can I tell you, God's definition and the world's definition of calling are two separate things. God has something completely different in mind for you when he says, this is your calling. In fact, a lot of times we get so confused because we think of it as this big thing that's kind of out there that we miss the basic idea that God's first calling in your life is simply to follow him. In fact, your calling is directly tied to Jesus. Let me, let me give you an illustration. So uh, a few weeks ago, my, my sister-in-law, her name is Charity. She's one of the sweetest people on the planet. She asked to take our two boys. We have a three-year-old and a two-year-old, Charlie and Louie. She asked to take them to Disneyland all by herself in California. That's brave. And so, you know, I actually had some anxieties about it, too, because every time I think about, you know, somebody flying into my two boys flying into LAX without me. Okay, when I think of California and LAX, I think of, man, like it's like a modern hellscape. Something out of Mad Max. Okay, and if you're from California, don't be offended. There's a reason you're here right now, okay? And so... California friends just raised their hand. <laughs> and so my sister-in-law comes over to the house a week before they have to leave. And she says, I don't want you to worry at all. I got this. In fact, I got this thing that like it buckles onto my hand and then it buckles onto their hand. So they'll never get away from me. And I said, so you're going to put a leash on my boys? And she says, no, 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 it's not a leash. It's not a leash. Uh, it's like this thing that it's like a little Velcro tie. It goes on my hand, and there's a little thing that comes out, and it Velcro's onto Charlie and Louie's hand. And so if, I, if they ever go walk too far away, they can't get too far away. And if I walk ahead of them, then they'll just kind of get pulled along, you know, kind of like a leash. <laughs> and it's a little bit of a broken analogy, but I thought it was a good description of how God's calling works in our life. In fact, I borrowed the leash. Okay. And when I think about the way God's calling works in our life, what we can never lose sight of is the fact is that our calling is always tied to Jesus. If you're ever wondering what my calling is and it gets really confusing, you can always go to Jesus and say, Jesus, what is it that you're asking me to do. I remember when I was 17 years old. Can I borrow you, Brady? He consented. It's all good. That's for my California people. When I was 17 years old, I felt like God was calling me to ministry. Okay. And so I stepped out in faith and I was, all I was doing was following Jesus. But then a few years later, I met this girl. Her name was Hope. And I felt like God was calling me to be her husband. And so I was just following Jesus. 
And then a few years later, we had some kids. I felt like God was calling me to be a father. So I was just following Jesus. See, my calling progressed and it changed over time. But the one thing that remained a constant is that I was always following Jesus. So often we get confused with our calling because we tie our career and our calling and we try to marry it to be the same thing. It's not. Sometimes it can be a part of your calling, but that's not the first part of your calling. Like some of you might say, you know, I'm a teacher, Pastor Stevenson. My calling is to be a teacher. That's great. Or I'm an accountant. That's my call. I'm called to be an accountant. Accountant. Or I'm a dad. That's my calling. Those are all great. Yes, but no. Because your first calling is to follow Jesus. So really what you are is not just a teacher. You're a follower of Jesus who happens to be teaching a bunch of kids how to do math. Like we, we saw Preston Williams. Preston's part of our North Church family. He, he attends Guthrie. And Preston has a unique calling. Now he has a secular job out in the world where he earns money to, to take care of his family. But Preston also knows he's got a unique gift that God has given him to go into the world and to speak in ways that I can't speak, to speak to people that I can't speak to, to reach them for Jesus. That's how he follows Jesus. But if Preston is waiting for his calling and his career all to be the same thing, and he, he'll never take a step forward. And that's what God is telling you. When you're looking for your calling, we say, oh God, I don't even know what it is you're calling me to do. Just take a step towards him. What is the thing he's asking you to do right now? Maybe it's just to go home, open up your Bible with your kids around your table, and say, let's pray together. And you're stepping into your calling. Or, or maybe it's to sit at the lunch table at work and talk to somebody and, and say, you know what? How can I pray for you? How can I be there for you? That's part of your calling. And all you're doing is stepping one step closer to Jesus. You're following him. So that's the first question is what's your calling? But here's the second one. What's your excuse? In fact, that's the title of my message. I waited this long to tell you. What's your excuse? What is keeping you? What is the thing that is keeping you from doing the thing God has put you on this planet to do? And all of us have excuses. Jeremiah did. Jeremiah said, God, I'm too young. Like, I wonder what Jeremiah was thinking God would say to that. Like, oh my bad, Jeremiah, OMG. The angel Gabriel told me, I thought he said 40, not 14. I misheard him. What was he expecting? God looks at Jeremiah and said, your youth is not an excuse, Jeremiah. And God will look at us and say the same thing. Whatever it is, that anxiety that says you can't do it, or that thing that says, you know what, I don't have enough Bible knowledge to lead a North group, or, or I don't know enough to share the gospel with somebody. Or, you know what, I'm just not influential enough to, to go and, and try to gather anybody together in the name of Jesus. God will look at you and say, that is not an excuse. 
Because as I was thinking about it, if your calling is always tied to Jesus, then wherever you go, Jesus is with you. So what really is there to fear? In fact, that's what God tells Jeremiah. God tells Jeremiah, you know what, Jeremiah, everywhere you go and do whatever I tell you to do, guess what? I will be there to deliver you. I will protect you. And so if Jesus is there with me the whole time, what is keeping me from doing the thing that he's put me on this planet to do? I'll let you keep this. Great. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to do this in uh, your little sermon notes here. Uh, if you have it, I want you to grab it. There's a question, the bottom one, what's your excuse? I want you to take a moment and actually physically write, what is that thing? What is the thing keeping you from doing the thing God has put you on the planet to do? If you don't have one of these, just grab a piece of paper somewhere around you. I want everyone to do this. If you're here in Oklahoma City, if you're in Guthrie, if you're online, find a scratch sheet of paper, right? I want you to take a moment and ask yourself the question, what is the thing keeping me from doing the thing God has put me on this planet to do. And then I'm going to ask you, and our ushers will bring some buckets up here, ask you to tear that off. I want you to walk up here to the altar. And all I want you to do is throw it in a bucket and be willing to lay your excuse at the altar. And say, God, I'm willing to surrender that, to follow you. You know, as I was praying over this message, um, you know, God was speaking to me that I should read some of the excuses that people wrote down from the previous experiences. Some people wrote down, my anxiety, my fear, that's my excuse, my fear of being judged. Does anybody have that as an excuse? One person wrote their excuse, tired and lazy. That's an excuse. One person wrote incompetent, lack of knowledge. Scripture says if anyone lack knowledge, let them ask. That's what the Holy Spirit gives, right? Fear of others' opinions of me. Doesn't that hold us back sometimes? Isn't it time to say, you know what, I don't need that? I'm willing to give that up? Somebody wrote lack of courage. There's example after example in scripture of that. Gideon, lack of courage, but God used him. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he's what makes you bold. The disciples, Acts chapter four, prayed for boldness, and guess what? The Holy Spirit descended upon them, filled them, and they went out and shared the gospel with the world. And they, they turned the world upside down. That's what scripture says. Somebody wrote time. Time. Young people, can I speak to you for a moment? You know the thing, the biggest lie that your generation believes is that you have time. That you have time. And let me tell you why that's the biggest lie, because you say to yourself, you know what, I really just want to have some fun in my 20s, 
And then once I get older, I'll get it all right, and then I'll come to church and I'll make it all right. Can I challenge you? Give God the best years of your life. And he will really make it the best years of your life. And some of you might be saying, you know what? The best years of my life are behind me. And can I tell you, that is equally a lie. Because if you're following God, God is not done with you. If you're breathing right now, God is not done with you. Whether you're here in this room, in Guthrie, whether you're sitting in Mabel Bassett, whether you're sitting in Lexington, God is not done with you. So your calling is not over. In fact, it might just be beginning. So here's what I'm going to have you do. Everybody stand up right now. The buckets are at the altar. And I ask you to tear that little piece off. I'm sorry if you lose part of your notes, okay? I want you to tear that off and I want you to come forward. Push your way through whatever. Don't hurt anyone. But drop it in. And our prayer team is going to be out in the aisles. They're going to be out throughout the room. If you need someone to pray for you, if you just need to stand at the altar, you can. But this moment is for you. For you to say, God, I'm not walking out on my calling. I'm willing to walk forward and lay it down. I'm not walking out on what you're calling me to do. I'm laying down the thing that is keeping me from doing the thing you put me on this planet to do. Father, I pray for every single person that is coming to the altar here in Oklahoma City and in Guthrie. Father, everywhere, Lord, maybe online where they're putting it in the chat right now, anywhere and everywhere under the sound of my voice, I pray, Lord, that you would fill them with boldness. Lord, to act, not to hold back, but to follow you. And Father, right now, all the excuses, all the reasons why not, all those things that are saying, I just can't, I pray right now you would remove them and that you would lead us into the calling that you've placed in our life, that you lead us into the thing that you have put us on this planet to do, that we would lay our fear, our anxiety, our struggles, whatever it is, that we would lay it down. In Jesus' name, amen.